Welcome to Everything Pro Wrestling. Everything Pro Wrestling is a show by the fans, for the fans. And here's your host, Conrad Cushman. Folks, welcome to Everything Pro Wrestling. Everything Pro Wrestling is a show by the fans, for the fans. I am your host, Conrad Cushman, and today we have a very special episode of the podcast for you. We are doing a WrestleMania 36 roundtable night one preview and predictions. Uh, I have some very, very special guests. We've got the lovely Queen of NE. Hi. Josh Robinson. Hello. Tanner from Headlock Talk. I lied. And uh, JPQ, what is going on, brother? What up, man? You see him as big paws on a pup there. Uh, Tanner should be back momentarily. Uh, if any, if he asks, he can just hit the link and then he'll be able to come back in. Um, with that being said, we're going to go over WrestleMania, talk everything related to it, get some other questions in. Anybody who is watching live, thank you guys so much for joining us here. Uh, this is going to be quite the interesting conversation with everything going on for WrestleMania. We don't know the actual card, so I split the card in half uh, based on the way uh, Bleacher Report did it. So full credit to Bleacher Report for how they split up the card. That's how we're doing it. Tanner, I introduced you, but then you disappeared. So you, you can say hello if you would like. Well, hi, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> there we go. Tanner's in the house. Uh, Chris Dezuba, I'm sorry there is no Undertaker. He said he had to go. So hopefully that works out for you uh, a little bit better next time. But let us get into this show of shows, shall we? Uh, WrestleMania 36 hype, guys. Uh, we'll start with Queen here, but how is everybody feeling about the hype for WrestleMania 36? Well... We are certainly in a very unique situation, and this mania, of course, will be historic in its, well, unique way, because it will be the first one with no fans in a performance center, not a massive stadium, and things will be very different. The feel of the show will be very different, and with the rapidly changing card due to wrestlers not attending uh, the tapings for it also... Uh, you know, things are, are odd, and I'd say the hype, I, I wouldn't even really use that word for it. They're trying the best that they can to promote it on ESPN and Twitter and Raw and SmackDown, of course, and NXT, but, uh, you know, it's it's drastically different than Mania's past for obvious health concern reasons. Um, so I wouldn't say hype. I would say they're trying to promote it as best they can. I'm not really excited for it per se. But I will definitely be watching, and, and I'm hopeful that what we will see will be entertaining, and we can all have a good time at least together watching whatever this show is going to end up being. Yeah, let's go to uh, Josh next. Uh, yeah, pretty much the same level here as Queen. Um, WrestleMania is usually like the day I look forward to the most, but you can really put anything on at this time just with the world, how it is at the moment, and the hype level is definitely not going to be the same just for obvious reasons that we are in the world. Um, but, you know, like Queen, I'm still I'm still optimistic about the show. And it's not anything to do on WWE's part. It's just more so we're in that time in the world. So we can't really – we're getting we're, – they're getting, you know, the best hand they can out of this. So, yeah. I, Josh, I agree. That makes sense. Tanner, what do you think of uh, the 
WrestleMania 36 hype. Where are you at with this show right now? Um, you know, that's a really great question because I mean, this is by far probably the most unusual WrestleMania that I can recall ever. I don't think that there will ever be another uh, WrestleMania that's going to be quite as unique or unusual as this one. At least I, I hope there's not. Um, I like the I like the hype um, for some of the matches, um, but uh, yeah, this is it, I, I I I'm kind of speechless. I, this is going to be a very interesting experience, to say the least. JPQ, I mean it's flat. It's flat for sure. I'll tell you that I'm more. I've been happier with um, the main leads into from a storyline perspective into this WrestleMania than I was with uh, Ronda last year. Um, again, I enjoyed that match. I enjoyed what it meant, and I'm glad that they did it. However, it, getting from Rumble to Mania was such a, a windy road of nonsense um, back and forth that you know kind of took me out of it a little bit here. Outside of, you know, dealing with people having to take themselves out for medical reasons or different concerns and, and kind of, like Josh said, the world that we're living in now. Um, yeah, they're kind of scotch taping this thing together, but you kind of have to, right? And so I'm willing to give them a pass on that side. Um, the builds haven't been over the top exciting to me, but at the same time, um, they got a built-in reason, you know, for it. So I can, I can kind of justify my expectations and kind of simmer my expectations going into the biggest, grandest stage of them all here. Um, but I think overall, provided they do some things and they kind of wow me with some of the special effects or some of the CGI stuff that they've teased in the past, um, give me something different. Give me something that nobody else is doing. Open up that book and uh, pay some people to come in and make this thing special if it's only going to be people in the ring because you can do that, WWE. Make that happen. Now, I want to just get to one other quick point for everybody. So the show is going to be three hours, 15 minutes on Saturday and Sunday. They are doing the two nights. This has been speculated for a while for me. I think for the last year to two years, I've been asking, should WrestleMania go to two nights? They're going to try it out here. Uh, we saw New Japan do something similar this year. What could WWE learn from New Japan? Uh, we'll start with Queen once again and go around. <laughs> That's a funny question, Conrad. <laughs> Trying to get me in trouble. Um, <laughs> they could learn a lot of things from New Japan. Um yeah, I think a more succinct show I would help Mania in its long, long hours that they've been doing recently uh, in terms of the past few Manias. I think a shorter show with maybe a more well-paced out match, like match, promo, match, promo, uh, would be a little bit better for Mania as a whole. It just it feels always so overproduced and very, very heavy uh, recently. And, you know, it's the grandest stage of them all. We expect a lot of that, but seven hours is a lot of hours, right? So I think from this two nights, they can learn from New Japan in the way that they can pack all of these matches in and showcase all of their talent in a more succinct, more manageable time frame for us fans. Josh? Um, I'm not personally a fan of... I watch Wrestle Kingdom. That's really the only New Japan stuff that I watch. However, I'm not personally a fan of two nights thing. When it comes to stuff like Wrestle Kingdom, WrestleMania, those big shows, I'm in it for the long haul. I personally prefer to have one six-hour, seven-hour show than split up over two nights. I just think that's just me personally. However, um, 
given what New Japan did this year with Wrestle Kingdom and from the very little I watch, they did that formula very well. And I don't think WWE will necessarily do exactly the same formula as New Japan. So um, it'll be interesting to see them attempt this. Tanner. Yes, sir. Um, I, I feel like they have a whole nother set of obstacles that they're going to have to achieve uh, with WrestleMania this year, as opposed to what Wrestle Kingdom had to do. Uh, uh, New Japan strategically uh, did this in a way that was beneficial to them. WWE is doing this in a way that is um, as a result of circumstances, right? Um, and I think for me, they've yet to prove that they can run a three-hour live show uh, without having to resort to a lot of extra added fluff, basically. Now, they are taping their matches in advance, which I think is a good move. Um, but at the same time, I feel as though there's still going to be some difficulties because I don't think that they've found the formula to do these kind of things. Like AEW, for example, has found the way to do these kind of shows. I am hopeful and I'm glad that they found a way to make this uh, two nights be more digestible, perhaps. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to have to slightly disagree with, with, with Josh here in that normally I don't mind having a six or seven hour show. <laughs> but when there's no live crowd, when there's no, uh, I guess, um, added spectacle to this. I don't. I'm not sure if I'm completely bought on having one whole night of WrestleMania as opposed to two nights, which are split up in half. I can respect that. I can respect that. Uh, JPQ. In my opinion, this is the best decision that WWE has made up to this point with regards to this interesting WrestleMania that we have. Right. Um, to Josh's point, to, to Tanner's point, uh, to Queen's point. This is a lighter schedule than we're accustomed to with WWE this weekend, right? Usually it's a four-hour NXT followed by an eight-hour WrestleMania. Okay, well, we get seven hours over two days. Like, that's light. This is WrestleMania light um, to what we're usually accustomed to, right? We're not going to be up till two in the morning jumping on Josh's show to recap. You know what I mean? The way we have <laughs> last year, you know? it's We're going to be uh, done by 1130 maybe 12 and uh, we're, we're out of there. And that's, that's exciting to me. I'm excited for, I'm excited to see what that looks like um, with regards to, can they learn anything from new Japan? The answer is no, they can't uh, for two reasons. One, they don't wrestle the same style and they don't have the same emphasis uh, on their wrestling that, that new Japan pro wrestling does. That's number one. Number two, two completely uh, different cards. The interesting thing about wrestle kingdom was about 40 to 40, 50% of that roster wrestled both nights, right? You didn't have that. You don't have that in WWE. You have nobody going back to back Saturday, Sunday. So because of that, uh, it gives you an opportunity to to showcase uh, everybody that you want to that you want to show. But at the same time, um, it you have to build out what sixteen different stories to make sense of the investment of the fans through seven hours. So they kind of you know put themselves in a position to where can they tell sixteen good stories? I'll tell you, it's hard to tell two good stories. You know, and and for that. That that's going to be the interesting thing with uh, WWE this weekend is, you know, this is a weekend that I watch the Indies and I watch the collective and I watch WrestleCon and then I watch NXT and then I go into the next. And I watch pancakes and pile drivers and I go through the gambit uh, Sunday morning leading into a, an eight hour WrestleMania. OK, well, that weekend's coming up now. I'm not going to have 35 hours worth of wrestling to watch. 
but I am going to have seven hours of WWE and they're the only show in town. Make me a fan again, WWE. You know what I mean? Like utilize this opportunity, take these lemons, make lemonade out of it and show to all of us that have kind of turned our backs on you over time in some form or fashion that we're in the wrong and put on a show that's worth a damn back to back. Right. And if they can do that, Hey, good on them. Um, and I'm excited to see if they can. Ooh, can I cheers? Woo! Yeah, yeah JPQ, I think you're getting the facts right there from uh, Chris Matthews in the chat. He was feeling that one. Um, <laughs> I think JPQ did an excellent job, and I really was interested in hearing his opinion because of all the different wrestling that he watches. And you guys will get to hear everything that people like, and you're going to see everything. Everybody on here is a great wrestling fan, someone who people should try to emulate to be like on social media when it comes to talking pro wrestling. But let's get into this card a little bit, shall we? Uh, let's talk. The first match I have written down here is a ladder match. I did not know this until yesterday. For the SmackDown tag team titles, we have The Miz and John Morrison defending their titles against The Usos and The New Day. This is going to be quite... Uh, I, I feel like this could be a really good match, depending on how you book this. The ladders make it interesting, but um, my my thoughts on this is: could this steal the show um, for a match with these teams? The Usos and New Day always deliver. Uh, Queen, what do you think? Well, I, I'm a little confused about this match, to be honest with you, because of the conflicting reports about the Miz not coming. So I don't know if this is actually happening. I don't know what the deal is with this match, but let's say we're moving forward and he did go and they did do it. Uh, I think you're right on that point. Tag team wrestling with these three groups with a ladder involved or several ladders involved, I think could be excellent. They always deliver New Day and Usos, as you mentioned, Conrad, 100%, always, always. And then you add in the Miz and Morrison, who we know their storied history. Now they're back together and, I think they're funnier than ever personally. So I think that putting these three in a ring with ladders, um, recipe for success. Mm. Um, Josh, same question for you, my friend. Could this steal the show? Absolutely. Um, I think we're going to be tested to, without an audience, going into both of these nights of WrestleMania. I think we're going to be, like, it's going to take a little bit more to, kind of get us to be the audience at home if you, if that makes any sense um kind of get us to not go oh, this match would be so much better with a crowd yes okay but it, it's gonna if we can if they can get us out of there and just go it doesn't matter that there's no crowd because it feel, the atmosphere of this match is just kind of taking over anything else then it's going to be fine and i think like queen said it's a recipe for success with these three teams they're all very good and it has the opportunity to do that. It has all the kind of ingredients you need to make this, this great. So I I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this one. I couldn't really see this one being anything below pretty damn good. I like that, Josh. And I, I agree. Once I put some thought into this, I really do think that this could be a show stealer match and I'm going to switch it up here. When we get to Tanner, Tanner, how do you feel about Kofi Kingston one year later? We went from this great Kofi mania story. The man had me basically almost in tears when he won the title. Um, he had me, it was one of those, you know, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air where Uncle Phil and Will have the big hug when his dad leaves him. That still to this day, like, gets my eyes watering a little. It felt the same way for Kofi. I was like, that's a damn good moment. What yeah. do you think about Kofi Kingston one year later now being in this position? He's right back to where he was. 
I mean, it is slightly disappointing, obviously, for sure. And I mean, what can you say? Um, I mean, we, we've, we've discussed before at links about, you know, what his loss against Brock Lesnar means and, and, the, and, and I guess how that was handled and done. Um, I mean, at the same time, he's still a champion, right? He's still, he's, uh, he's been a champion. He will always be a champion. And, and I, I think the same could all, could be said, um, w- I guess for Kofi, as it is with Daniel Bryan, for example, uh, we're, we're talking about somebody who they will always have that WrestleMania moment, uh, so to speak, uh, for what he was able to accomplish last year it, is, is this, um, it's not the best. It's not what I would want for him. I would want, obviously want something more prestigious for him, more high profile for him because of what he meant last year. But um, it it does seem as though um, his momentum has, has slowed a little bit. And, and it is um, in my opinion, not his fault uh, that that's occurred. JPQ. I got the same question for you as far as Kofi Kingston. Uh, I'm I, I'm okay with it. I'll be honest. Um, here's why. Um, and again, I don't want to come off as anti WWE because I actually like them overall. I think outside of any championship match that he could have been in, uh, which is the story they told last year, I think the only place on this card that would have made sense from an impactful standpoint uh, would have been him versus Daniel Bryan for the IC title, right? Like that. So how you get there? Yeah, you know, who has the title going into it? Different stories, obviously. But outside of that. I can't really make the case that I would want him to see him in any other type of singles match at this point. Maybe you could have built like a like Kevin Owens Kofi or Seth Rollins Kofi, like, and I would have been okay with that too, probably. But uh, look who's look who's in the ring with you know you got three the three best tag teams right now for the title on the line uh, going in WWE. It's a good spot for him. It is. Uh, I'm a big fan of tag team wrestling. The WWE has done a good job um, with regards to trying to bring a little bit of uh a little bit of intrigue back into the tag team division on SmackDown specifically. And and they they're trying. You know what I mean? The way they haven't tried at all. They're starting to and you got your your three best teams all in the same roster uh, uh in a ladder match at WrestleMania. And that's a good spot normally, right? So I think that's okay. Um my thing is is that I haven't really been wowed by a WWE champion in a very long time. Um and because of that, like I look back at Kofi's run and I look at it with like a smile on my face. You know, you're talking about a 10 defense championship reign. You know, that shit, ne- Oops, excuse me, that stuff never happens anymore. You know what I mean? Like it never happens to where you're going to run 10 months and you're going to put on uh, a 10 defense uh, before losing it in a crap way, right? Clearly, obviously. You know, but that run needs to be celebrated more than what it was because the builds kind of sucked, but they always kind of do, right? And you know, they're they're filling time in between the major pay per views, uh, the Money in the Banks and the Summer Slams and and all that type of stuff. But but really, in reality, you go back and you watch those matches. Those are some great championship matches with clean finishes. You know what I mean? That that we typically don't get out of WWE. So. I think Kofi gets a, a raw shake every once in a while. I think people kind of crap on that um, because of the how how he lost the title. But we should be celebrating that man more because that was a great title reign uh, overall. To answer your question, though, it's a fine spot for him. But it's probably – I think that he might be in a better spot if uh, if um, um, uh, Xavier Woods wasn't injured. 
You know what I mean? Like let him have the tag team spot. You put Kofi in a single spot. You pivot at some point when you realize Xavier's not coming back. That's where he ends up in this spot now. So, okay. I can, I can live with that. I feel like they changed storyline plans with it too. Um, If we could go around real quick, everyone and uh, pick a winner for this match. Let's start with queen. I think Miz and Morrison retain. Nice. Josh. Same here. Tanner. You're still on mute, Tanner. We're skipping JPQ. New day, baby. My bad. My bad. You going New Day? Go in the New Day. Ooh, no, yes, you're good, man. Tanner. I do it all the time on other people's podcasts. I get it, bro. <laughs> what you got, Tanner? I'm also going to go with Retain. Mm. I'm, I'm sticking with the Retain as well. JPQ may be the lone man who gets this one right on this one. <laughs> Next up, this match is going to be really quick to talk about. It's going to be Elias versus King Corbin, the feud nobody asked for. No. Um, I feel very, very weird about this one. I do not like Rob Gronkowski being involved. Number one, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, so I definitely don't like Rob Gronkowski being involved because he ruined all of our playoff hopes. But at the same time, Rob Gronkowski is from my local area, so I'm kind of happy to see that at the same time. Um, I know him and Mojo are really good friends. I've met Mojo several times. Really nice guy. So I'm happy that he gets to work with his buddy here. But Elias and King Corbin's just not doing it for me. I don't know. I don't know what it is about this. Um, I'm just going to, Queen, it's free for all on this one. You can say whatever you want on this. You're so asking the wrong person. These are, <laughs> these are two of my least favorite people of all time. <laughs> Literally of all time. Um, I, I can't stand either of them. Uh, so this for me is, uh, why is this happening? Why should I care? Why is this a mania match? This to me is like a filler on the SmackDown card. I, I don't need this at WrestleMania. This makes no sense. Why? What? What is this big feud between Elias and King Corbin happening at WrestleMania? This is laughable to me. I can't. Yeah, I'm seeing some comments in the chat. Uh, Prince Rockstar just said, "Why is this match on WrestleMania?" Yes. Josh, what do you think? Hmm. Yeah. Tana, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. I I, I, th- I think it's uh, kind to say that this match belongs on SmackDown. To be quite honest with you. That was kind of nice. (laughs) I'm not a big fan at all of of this match. Not a big fan of uh, either of these competitors. Uh, There's no reason why this match should be happening. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Sorry. I guess I'm I'm, going to be really negative on this match. I, listen, this is the exact reaction I expected. I'm waiting for JPQ to swear again. He's free reign, JPQ, by the way. You don't have to worry <laughs> about that. that. Go Thank ahead. you. Um, <laughs> it's a crutch. It's a crutch for sure. Um, no. I, yeah, I'll tell you this. I'm going to I'm gonna go the other way. Um, I think this match where it's not going to be a great match by any stretch, I do think that we have an opportunity here for a little comedy, um, both with how Elias comes to the ring and, and his singing – whatever uh you got the the gronk spots probably coming at some point i would imagine and then you have uh corbin who's just the best chicken shit heel going in wwe right now he's a guy you love to hate right i mean whether you no. think he's good or not it's irrelevant you hate him queen you hate him <laughs> yeah you know but i don't I mean? love to hate him <laughs> no you don't know that's true but it's you and i've been back on that for a year I know, now we've I been know. doing this uh but it's uh but it's true so you have an opportunity to be funny you know what i mean and if and again i don't know the cards but like if otis ziggler is the next night and this is this night and they split those two up okay well we got a little levity that we can bring to the party with with wrestlemania uh with these two and 
again, it's a big ask to pull off something entertaining. So we'll see if they can do it or not. But this isn't just going to be a conventional rollover pre, you know, uh, you know, a pre-show type of match. This should be something that's a little different. Nobody in the stands. You know, you you can do some things. So let's let's see what she can do. And uh, I, I think these two got the chops. I'm I'm still an Elias guy. I want to like Elias so much. Um, he makes it hard. He does. He makes it very yeah. difficult for me to like him. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. The, the weird thing with Elias is when they did the flippy floppy, like he was a, a baby face for like three weeks, and then they flipped yeah. him right back to heel. Sure. That made no sense to me. And Corbin, I will agree with JPQ on this. I do hate Baron Corbin, but he's yeah. so good at his job. Like even on Twitter, I'm just like, ah, you, you burned me up, dude. And you know he's just doing it on purpose. He's probably oh, yeah. a cool dude, probably grills really well at his house, you know, mm-hmm. but ah, he does his job well. Um, who needs the win more here, Elias or King Corbin at this point? Queen, who you got? Well, I'll probably give it to Corbin because why not? Okay. Josh? Uh, Elias will win via Gronk. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> okay. Good guess. Like, Wait, who is name? Gronk? I know nothing about Gronk. Like, I, I don't know who. He's the guy that was at WrestleMania 33 to me. Right. He's an ice skater. <laughs> cool. Honestly, he could be, and I wouldn't know. <laughs> He's an American football player, Josh. There you go. Put an Australian flag on my shit. I- <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. That you don't need to know. You're you're good. <laughs> Tanner. Uh, double disqualification. We all lose. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm hoping for. All right, mad Tanner. <laughs> Not mad, JPQ. Uh, Corbin wins, but I swear to, to Tanner's point, if they replay this on Raw the following night, I'm going to have an issue. Copy that. I I can agree with that. I'm going with uh, Corbin as well for the victory here. Can't be mad. Let's get into some tag team action. And um, let's talk about the WWE Women's Tag Team titles. We have the Kabuki Warriors. Uh, I... I don't know what to say about them. I don't understand how they're being used at this time. Maybe plans changed and things got switched up for uh, Kyrie, Sane, and Asuka. But this was supposed to be the moment. I've been saying this. I think I did my WrestleMania review last year, and I said it on that show. They were supposed to have her come out on a pirate ship, damn it. That was the only thing you had to do. And I was like, you know what? This is I won't even give this below a C minus. Like, that's all you had to do. But um, we don't have that luxury now. So they're in a tough spot here. They're defending the tag titles against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, a good tag team. But I feel like we've been there, seen that. Um, so I'm gonna go around. I want to get thoughts on the women's tag team division. Uh, let us start. Let's go reverse this time. Let's go with JPQ to start. Right. Um, so what division? Um, there really mm-hmm. isn't one, you know, there's like four teams. Um, so, eh, but let's talk about these two. Uh, let's talk about these two specifically. Number one. Yeah. Kyrie's kind of got this thing with the head and the, the, ah, eh, you know, like, so how much is she going to be utilized? Is she just kind of there to be kind of a stand in? Is she hundred percent healthy? We'll find out in this match, right? It'll be very simple. She takes a lot of bumps. Here's the thing about Kyrie Zane that no, that many people don't know. And if you watch Stardom, hashtag watch Stardom, you would know that when she was Kyrie Hojo back then, she put a lot of miles on those tires, a lot of miles, right? She takes big bumps. And then she came into NXT and she took big bumps. She's young, but she's almost done. So this might be her farewell. Her contract is coming up soon. 
We'll see. Uh, it sounds like a good spot for uh, Alexa and Nikki to take the to take um, the, the titles off of uh, Asuka and Kyrie at this point. Um, I think for what these four have been, I think again they've taken a, a very difficult position and they've they've turned it on its head and they proved to to WWE as well as the fans that they can figure out a way to get themselves over. Kabuki Warriors got themselves over. Right, we were excited, and we still are, and we're still invested in watching Asuka and Kyrie go out there every night, especially as a tag team, especially when they're speaking Japanese and spit and miss. It's a big W uh, on that side. As far as Alexa goes, Alexa's going to go down as a Hall of Famer, and here's why. You know, she's a five-time champion as it is. Right, she she's got the look that everybody gives her, you know, gives her crap for because she's a blonde with blue eyes. So hey, you know, Vince likes her, and we know that. So she loses a lot of credibility for that, but she works hard. And she deals with concussion issues, and she still finds a way to get herself in the ring. And whether she's doing promos or she's hosting the, uh, WrestleMania, or if she's out there in the ring, she gives it 110. percent And she's a gamer, you know. And and there's more respect needs to be put on that name than people are giving Alexa Bliss moving forward. Her and Nikki, they're entertaining as hell. It's not for me. I don't like it, but it's entertaining as hell. This is a good opportunity for both of these teams to to do something with these tag team titles that we've been waiting for for 18 months. Uh, this could catapult um, the, the tag team uh, titles into a little bit more of a prestigious position. We'll see. We'll see. Tanner, I got the uh, same question for you. The state of the women's tag division right now. Uh, I, I mean, what is there to say that JPQ hasn't already said? I mean, he, he, no, no, he, you gave a wonderful analysis, and and I really don't have anything that 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 um, that, that you haven't already said. I mean, I would like to see them be more uh, cohesive, as far as uh, not cohesive, but rather more inventive, more creative. Everybody being on the same page, as far as. I guess making women's tag teams make it mean something, make it have some significance. But because right now, though, I really love the two teams uh, that that are involved in this match. I I really don't have any feelings towards the division beyond that, and I think that's highly unfortunate. Mm. Okay, Josh, I see the shirt. What happened? It's been a year. The Iconics. Listen, I'm not the biggest fan of the Iconics. I found them to be kind of rough to get through a little bit. I preferred them on NXT versus the main roster. Um, But I will say this. They should be on television. Where have they been? Your guess is as good as mine. They won the title. This this time last year, going to WrestleMania 35, everyone was calling me an idiot because I was like, the Iconics are going to win. And then they did. And I had that wonderful moment. And then they took them off television pretty much effectively as soon as they won those championships when they could have been maybe not on a grandest scale, but they could have been that New Day equivalent in the women's division. They could have been that comedy duo that kind of added some, because this is going to sound weird and I don't know if anyone's going to understand what I mean, but sometimes championship needs personality more so than they just need people to work with. And, especially for an establishing championship, they could have added some personality to those championships. So when they got them taken away from them, that kind of effectively gives someone else that rub of having like, oh, these these were funny to watch. Now these people can take it and take it to where they go. So when we go into this year, like everyone's kind of said, but both teams are, I enjoy both teams. I really like the Kabuki Warriors and I really like Bliss and Nikki. 
Um, it's just more so, however, the match will be fine. I, I'm sure it won't be anything too over-the-top special. It'll be fine, but it's like, no matter really who wins, it's like, where do you really go from here? You've got really not many options of what to do. We've seen Bliss and Nikki have the championships before, and there's only so many people you can throw together for them to work with. Um, I think that was my reservations of the Women's Tag Team Championships in the beginning, is that there maybe wasn't enough depth within the entire division to have these championships yet, unless you're going to run and go NXT UK, NXT, and actually have them as that that kind of floating championship that's kind of the, I hate this word because of WWE, but the wild card between them all. So it's, it's, it's not that I don't care about the people that are wrestling for them. It's just there's not a lot of depth. Yeah, you brought up a really good point about sometimes we as wrestling fans want the championship to make the person, but sometimes the person has to make the championship, and that's a good point with the personalities. Um, The other thing that you had just brought up about the tag division, uh, one of my favorite like rants that I kind of went on, and I try not to be negative, but this is the reason why I don't review Monday Night Raw weekly anymore. I know a lot of people in the chat will be like, come on, man, bring them back. I can't. I can't sit through that. I can't put myself through it because I knew Vince was like lying when they said they were going to make these belts mean something. And I used to just say, what tag division? They're not defended. They're just there as props basically to uh, keep some people happy. Like, hey, look, you're a tag champ. Ah, We're good, right? Um, I will say that I do think Asuka's been standing out, and that's my question for Queen. Queen, how do you feel about Asuka's role? Because it seems like she's been featured a lot more lately. You think what she's doing is working? Or is Asuka just being made a joke of and we don't know it yet? I think it's working for Asuka fans. But I think for people who aren't fans of Asuka or don't understand the persona that she is embodying right now as a Kabuki warrior and what that actually means in Japanese culture, I think it, to them, makes her feel like a comedy act and not in a good way, not in a positive light. So Mm. I would encourage people to do more research onto what that means. So you can understand a little bit more as to why she's kicking serious ass in this role that she has been given. Uh, you know, and I echo what everybody else said, uh, you know, they're put in a really, really crappy position to try and do something with these championship belts. And I agree. She has been featured a lot more. She has been given, uh, the mist to use, which I think is amazing. She's been on commentary. I love that they're just letting them speak Japanese. I love that they are cutting fire promos in Japanese. There are people on Twitter who translate them. It's amazing. Uh, you know, so like there's ways that you could figure out what it, what they're talking about if that really bothers you. Um, and I want so much more for Asuka. I feel like ever since she came up from NXT, it's been, it's been a lot of disappointment for Asuka fans. Um, you know, the undefeated streak had to end right at some point, but uh, ever since then, it's been it's been really hard for her. And I think that she's making the best out of a really bad situation that they've 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 fumbled this entire division and there is no division, but they have fumbled the entire championship and its launch. In my personal opinion, they should have never brought it in in the first place. 
Yeah, my my soul's been hurting with them kind of showing some of these matches, and I feel like they're just picking some of the most awkward ones to show on Monday Night Raw. For example, yeah. the Charlotte Oscar one that just brought back my memories of oh, I I was so mad at you guys when you did that. Then they showed like Triple H and Roman Reigns, and I'm like, oh, this was the longest WrestleMania in my life, and I wanted to like go home. <laughs> and then I had to sit there and do like an hour and a half review. And Brandon, if you're in the chat, you were drunk that night talking about Sasha Banks in the middle of my review, like walking in front of the camera and i'm like what is going on right now but i was so tired i couldn't even say anything man um but don't you feel like they show those matches conrad because they're they're just trying to bolster charlotte and roman and you're just exposing all the other bs that they did in the first place queen you're getting props in the chat right now they're saying that you are 100 right they are (laughs) feeling you right now uh donnie um yeah so predictions on this one real quick guys uh we can start with queen just go around real quick who do you got i am going to take the kabuki warriors for the victory here i'm gonna say and no i agree with jpq's analysis previously i would say bliss and cross as well okay Uh, i'm gonna go with and still champions the kabuki warriors and jpq you already kind of said your piece but he JP JPQ is going with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Let's move on to the next match. It is a boneyard match. If anybody knows what that means, please tell me and keep it PG. I don't know what to think about this. Um, boneyard <laughs> match with the Undertaker and AJ Styles. Now, I've got some really quick thoughts I want to bring up about this. I loved the promos that they've been doing. Here's the weird thing: I want WWE to learn from this time period. These promos are better without crowd sound, number one. Looking into the camera says something. And when Undertaker came out, I know he looked like a dad who who still rides the motorcycle. I don't care. When he gave that big evil type of promo, it brought back memories, and I love it. Um, As soon as I hear the, you've done it now, like if I hear it, I'll go crazy at WrestleMania. We've been begging for big evil to come back. But I think that this really taught me that promo should be different in WWE. They've been executing. That's been the best part of Monday Night Raw and SmackDown recently are the promos. That's one of the reasons I watch. I think Takers crushed it. AJ Styles, Edge, Randy Orton. We can go on and on about who's done great promos and who has stood out. This is really telling here. Um, as far as this goes, um, what, what have you guys been liking about this feud with The Undertaker and AJ Styles or disliking about it? Uh, Queen. Uh, the promo. Last night's promo from The Undertaker was the best one of that whole series so far, in, my, in just my opinion. I think that he did an excellent job of combining The Taker with the badass personas together. And when he was like, I'm going to make you famous, I was like, oh, I felt that in my soul. I was like, yes. Because, you know, The Undertaker for me, I've, you know, I love the guy. He's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. But I feel like, you know, it's a very different season in his life. And I would rather remember him the way that he was wrestling than some of the matches that we've seen from him recently. It's it's scary health-wise to watch them sometimes. But this feels different. And I think it's the way that they've been selling it. That's what I'm loving. Um, and the other thing that I'm loving is who put the balls on AJ Styles to come out with a fourth wall breaking name dropping promo on the undertaker. I was like, excuse me, AJ Styles. What did you just do? I thought that that was 
Excellent. Loved that. Think that that's great. I'm, I don't really know what a boneyard match is supposed to be. <laughs> so are, are we getting buried alive? Is there a casket? What are we doing? I have no idea, but I'm excited to see it actually. I agree. I agree. Uh, Josh, your thoughts on this feud. Yeah, it's been that ultimate blend of, I know this sounds cliche, but of like, what's real, what's not. And I think with, because we've never seen that with The Undertaker. The Undertaker is the most protected character maybe ever in wrestling. Actually, I would say he's the most protected character ever in wrestling. We know The Undertaker and that's it. And we don't know anything else about it. We know little bits and it was like, oh, is that real? Is that? But like, you never see that on television. It's He's the most kayfabe wrestling character that still exists in a, a kayfabeless world of wrestling so to see all these and these promos that everyone like you were mentioning conrad is i'm the same i hope they learn from this time and you know focusing on on this instead of everything around it it's just you have to focus right here and that that kind of says something just to focus on what's happening with their face they have to kind of it's it's not even so much they're less relying on all the like, oh yeah, like all the aesthetic of it all and just focusing on words and focusing on facial expressions and that more cinematic approach to wrestling that we don't really get on a mainstream scale. It's pretty formulated in the way that's like, we go to this camera, this camera, this camera, and this is how we kind of do it. And that's that, you know, shut up and do that. But in this case, with these promos from Taker and from Styles and from everybody, it's that cinematic approach, making it more feel like they're talking to us instead of them talking to a crowd or each other. They're kind of directing it into our living rooms or wherever we're watching this from. So um, these have been really good. That one on Raw last night was just wonderful from Taker. And even the ones from Styles have been really, really good too in that, just that blend of of what's real, what's not, is not something we get with with Taker ever. So um, I I've been really enjoying it. Also, I don't know what a boneyard match is either. I guess it's are they going to wrestle in a cemetery? <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're buried this... alive, right? Well, I thought it would have been like it's just the they're in like a a cemetery or a boneyard, and it's just like a false count anywhere deal. But that's the setting. That's how I'm taking it. I, I guess I'll bring this up too. I someone brought up how they want to see it shot differently, like um, versus how it normally looks, like the empty ring and people are just in there wrestling. Why not have a match kind of in a graveyard area? I mean, this is the perfect opportunity to play around and get uh, Krista Joseph. I believe is back with WWE. Use some of those Lucha Underground effects. Yeah, you have the money. You've got nothing but time here. Why not do that? Like uh, use the use the. Sorry to cut you off, but use the um. Why do we have to just be established of they're wrestling in a ring? Why can't we get in there and make it look more like a movie and have, you know, cameramen up a little bit closer to allow moves to you actually see some more physicality. And if we can't have a crowd, let's eliminate the fact there is no crowd and let's just focus on the two people wrestling in a ring. Sidebar real quick. This is a little funny story. I heard somebody say that they should do the Undertaker versus Sting in a match. Like this is before we knew AJ was going to face him. And they could just do like quick camera cuts throughout. And you would never see them like get hurt. And they could fall on bags and stuff. They were like, it'll be the greatest match ever. <laughs> he sits back up with the bat. He points at him. Um, stupid stuff. Tanner, um, what, what do you think of this entire Undertaker AJ Styles buildup? I've liked the buildup, um, and I think that Undertaker's promo definitely helps summarize things and really give a direction for where 
we need to be going and where this match uh, is, is supposed to, I guess, uh, rank in terms of your uh, how much you anticipate uh, WrestleMania. Um, I, I Honestly, I, there were points in this where you would see AJ cutting the promos week after week. And I was kind of like, where is this going? You know, why are we having this match? Um, but I think Undertaker turned it around on uh, Monday. And uh, with his promo, I feel a lot better, uh, uh, I guess, about the match overall. Um, as far as a Boneyard match is concerned, um, I don't know. Uh, I know Steven from Headlock Talk was talking about doing it in, like, a desert somewhere. Maybe have, like, some, like, cattle skulls and stuff like that. But we're from Texas, so I guess that, that kind of makes sense. <laughs> so was Taker. This is true. Um, and it also reminds me a little, little bit about um, how The Undertaker... I, I guess when he first made that that comeback as um, biker taker, for example, um, how he wanted to kind of end his career on his own terms, but he ended up going back to the dead man gimmick. Um, yeah, I mean there there that was maybe somewhat of necessity, but the way that his character was on Monday was certainly different. And certainly had that the, the biker taker vibe to it. JPQ? Yeah, I think that's that would be a neat way to go. I'd be okay with that. Um, get the American badass back out there. We've been we've been clamoring for it for a while, right, at WrestleMania. So AJ, here's the thing. If they're going to do a, any type of standard wrestling match, you're in there with one of the best performers still going right now in AJ Styles. So we should see a better taker than we've seen the last couple of years. Like We should see WrestleMania 30 Brock versus uh, – I think it was 30, right? Brock versus – Undertaker, right? That was 30, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so six years ago, Taker, hopefully. Um, we'll see. To everybody's point, I would love to see some cinematics here, right? This is a good opportunity. You're in, you're in the PC uh, center. So let's, let's bring in some smoke machines. Let that filtrate through so that you have this cast of smoke around the entire arena. Let's bring in some white uplighting that you that you put all over the place to create this smoky kind of feel. You bring back the dead man. And when I say the dead man, I'm not talking the phenom. I'm talking about 1994, 95, 96, before the, the, the Ministry of Darkness. I'm talking about red gloves, or uh, red gloves, uh, uh, purple gloves, purple kick pads, uh, purple elbow pads, red hair, right? We dye his hair back to red, uh, that dirty red. And he goes out there and he ends his career, maybe, the, the same way that he kind of entered it. I mean, granted, there was that Western Mortician side, but after that casket match in 94, that's when we got Undertaker the way we know him, right? And that's the Undertaker that we remember. You have an opportunity to make him look younger with CGI. You have an opportunity to utilize all those cool graphics that they started using last year at WrestleMania. You can do the entire match with that green screen behind you, right? to create a boneyard, whether that's a graveyard or when I think boneyard, I think like uh, the, the the Mortal Kombat movie with the scorpion fight against Johnny Cage, where they're all down there and there's the fire and the bones and all that type of stuff. Maybe something like that, you know, maybe can get into the mix a little bit, you know, like there's some things that you can do here. This is what I'm saying. Like you have creative freedom for the first time at WrestleMania where you don't have to follow a formula because the world has dictated with everything that is going on that you can't run stock. So now go do something different. Here's a perfect opportunity for you to do so. It's a dry run for Bray and John Cena the night after. 
here we go right um let's see let's see a little theatrics let's see some of these wwe game side quest you know uh initiatives on storyline mode that you've been doing the last couple years bring it to real life and bring it to wrestlemania it would be good it would be different i'm not saying it would go over well but uh hey you're trying something different and uh, i'd like that everything pro wrestling it's your boys from the everything college basketball podcast and facebook group i'm josh burton letting you all know that if you like the college game that there's only one spot to come find all you need to know. Yep, Josh, Peyton, and myself, Tyler. We are the three voices of ECB podcast and Facebook group. Peyton, tell them where they can uh, find us and listen to us at. Well, Tyler, you can find us on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and all other podcast hosting sites. Also, go join our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups like Everything College Basketball. So if you want everything you need to know about the collegiate game or have a passion for it, there's only one spot that you need to check out on a weekly basis or a daily basis with the Facebook group. That's everything college basketball. Now let's get back to Conrad informing you on everything pro wrestling and the workings around it. Brother. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. I respect that, JPQ. Now, when we talk about this, someone just brought up Anderson and Gallows. I think that's a surprise that we would have to be waiting to see what they do with it. I'm sure they're going to get involved in some way, shape, or form. The question is who could help take her, and I think you have several options for that, and everybody can let their mind run wild on that one. Does The Undertaker put another win in the win streak column for this one, Queen? I think so. Josh? Uh, I don't. I think AJ's got this one. Ooh. Tanner. Yeah, I'm going to go with Taker. Um, as far as who could get involved with um, the match to help out Undertaker, I know that, um, uh, you know, he said to bring out, um, you know, the, the OC. Um, I, I saw a shout out in there that said Kane. Kane would be certainly a good option. Um, but I also thought that, um, this would be a good opportunity if this is Undertaker's last WrestleMania. Let's pass on his powers to somebody who could use them, somebody who could, uh, you know, to, to put over another person in this match. Um, there was the rumor going around whether or not Bobby Lashley could make WrestleMania or not. If he does have uh, an opening here, Alistair Black would make for a great person to bring into this match and for Undertaker to pass along his powers to. Yes. JPQ? Yeah. Uh, it, if it's his last WrestleMania, you assume to him to go out on his back, right? Because he's old school like that. And you're not really doing anybody any favors by putting AJ Styles over because it's AJ Styles. I mean, I mean, come on. Like, he's going on his back eventually for somebody else anyway. Um, it's a tough one. Alistair Black's the best idea, uh, clearly. Um, so Tanner knocked that one out of the park. Um, 
I'd be hard pressed to believe that this is his last match. I think there's some unfinished business still. Still, I think there's some money on the table that he can grab. He just signed what, like a ten-year Legends contract or something. So, my guess is is that he gets the W here, um, and we see him probably one more time in which he passes the torch to somebody. Can I can I add on real quick to it? Sure. I got Taker winning this, but I think that we're missing some big number points here too with Taker. I don't think this is Taker's last time. Still, mm -hmm. I think he's still got some uh, sweet Saudi money to make. Mm -hmm. I think he's going to do at least three more shows. Survivor Series. I don't know if anybody's realizing this. That will be thirty years mm -hmm. of the Undertaker. Yep. I think that could be the perfect place to set up a retirement match with an Alistair Black, and you could tease that here. This is the opportunity to show something happening here. And then next year at WrestleMania, which will be WrestleMania 37, I know they don't like to say that, too bad, I prefer it, uh, you could tell the story of 30 years of The Undertaker. WrestleMania 7 is where the streak began against Superfly Jimmy Snuka. Right. There are things you can do with this here. Um, but let's keep it moving here. And let's get into the Intercontinental title match. Uh, I've been kind of enjoying this. Listen, I don't know what it is about Sami Zayn and him with Nakamura and Cesaro. It's one of my guilty pleasures on SmackDown, uh, especially when he comes out for Nakamura's entrance. And he's going crazy behind Nakamura. Just cracks me up every time. Sami Zayn is the Intercontinental Champion, and he's defending the title against Daniel Bryan, who will probably have Drew Gulak in his corner. Um this is a throwback to Ring of Honor. Uh, Queen, what do you expect from this matchup? I expect awesomeness. Lots of awesomeness. And I'm pumped. Uh, seeing Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak form their little thing has been oh, absolutely wonderful. And I'll be honest, I don't like SmackDown very much, but I like this. So it, this makes me really happy. And, and you're right, it's a throwback. We're going to see some fun here. And uh, with all the talent, I don't see how you can not be excited about this match. But uh, I definitely have thoughts about who's going to win, so I'll wait for that. Ooh, good. Uh, Josh, what do you think about this one? Yeah, same as Queen. Um, not to just piggyback off Queen, but whatever. I'll I'll, I'll get the – she can put me over a little bit. Um, <laughs> So um, I just – you can't – how can you – how can it be bad? <laughs> like, it just – there's no way – a good match from them is a great match from others. So I just can't really see how it could be bad. Mm. Now looking at this, listen, I've been digging Sammy, Sammy's new look. I didn't think he could pull off a heel when I first saw him. Sammy, to me, Sammy Zane was up there with Rey Mysterio as people who should never be heels because they sell so well. They make people look good. I thought the dude had a concussion every time he wrestled Kevin Owens. I thought he was like, Hurt. I'm like, yo, is this guy really hurt or not? He's such a great seller. Even in his L oh, excuse me, uh, his Ring of Honor days, we'll say. Uh, <laughs> I forgot El Generico is running an orphanage now, so my bad on that. <laughs> what a good man. <laughs> exactly. Um, just so much greatness here. Uh, Tanner, what do you think of this, man? Oh, man. Uh, well, as you said, this is a throwback to uh, – uh, Ring of Honor and PWG, perhaps. Um, yeah, uh, El Generico. I, I, I mean, uh, I, I think that he's doing great work. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad that you took the time to put over Sami Zayn 
and his work because I want to actually put over Daniel Bryan and his work with Drew Gulak. I don't know if y'all saw the WWE.com backstage interview that he did uh, with Drew Gulak where they're doing squats and then duck walks and everything. I thought that was an amazingly fun promo. Uh, some of, one of the best promos I've seen in a long time, actually, uh, in, in terms of it being funny yet cohesive. It made sense. It was brilliant, and I mean, these guys are gonna walk, uh, you know, uh, knock this thing out of the park. This is this is probably one of the biggest matches that I'm I'm most looking forward to. Uh, JPQ, yeah, this is this will be fun. This will be a good one. Uh, I'm interested to see how it all unravels. Um, I think for the first time in a long time, the Intercontinental Championship belt is being shown the way it should be, which is it's a workman's title. Um, it's one where Daniel Bryan and and Sami Zayn both have um, some type of uh, skin in the game when it comes to being the best technically driven wrestler in in WWE on some level, right? I mean, you can make obviously comparisons with AJ, you know, and, and all these things back and forth, and you can play that game until you're blue in the face. But they're both in the conversation. And anytime you have two people like that in the conversation, they're both further going for the IC title. Yeah, that's a win. Right, that's a win for fans. So I expect big things out of this match. This low key could be match of the night. Uh, this match speaks to my sensibilities as a wrestling fan. Uh, in ring work rate, um, different combinations. Uh, you're not going to see 55 different uh, ways of of counter. Or, uh, you'll see 55 different ways of countering out of each other's uh, signature moves, but you won't see uh, 55 different um, 2.9 pinfalls if that makes sense, right? Like we're not going to see that, that quick pop from, because there's no audience. So why even bother with it? Right. Number one, but number two, this is going to be a clinic. This should be a clinic. Um, and that's what the IC title represents to me growing up watching, um, the Bret Hart's and the Shawn Michaels of the world and the uh, Kurt Hennings of the world, you know, all these people, Chris Jericho, right. Um, when they had this title. So that's what I'm hoping for. I want this to be a callback to what the IC title belt was. It doesn't mean that Cesaro can't get involved or that Shinsuke can't get involved, or Gulak can't get involved in some form or fashion. But overall, this should be a workman's title type of match, and, and if they can do that, great. I'm going to be in spades about it. So uh, very excited for this one. Now, I'm going to ask for everyone's prediction when we go around, but also, is Sami Zayn really going to get to show off his uh, skills in this one? Because he's been a manager for almost the past year. So is Sami Zayn going to be allowed to go, per se? Uh, Queen. Can you say that one more time? Sorry, you broke up a little bit on my end. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, will they allow Sami Zayn to go is my question and your prediction. Go where? Sorry, I missed the first half. I mean, like, are they going to actually let him wrestle his style? Like, Sami oh, Zayn's man. been in the manager role is my point. Uh, right. Will he be able to do what he was doing in the NXT? I want to say yes, man. I do. I want to see it. Do I believe it's going to happen? Oh. I don't know. I don't know. Hasn't been allowed to happen. Um, I'm going to hope so. I, I hope that they do because he's in the ring with Daniel Bryan. And because of that, I'm going to say, I think we'll see a little bit more of what we want to see from Sami Zayn. Yes. Okay. Josh? I uh, Yes, but in a different form. And the only sense I mean about that is like, 
he is a different character than he was in NXT. So you have to wrestle differently. He's a little bit more of a sneaky kind of cheaty heel. He's going to try and this match to me is going to be ways that Shinsuke and whoever Cesaro, whoever's around him or ways that he can win by any means necessary. So yes, you're still going to get a that wrestling Sami Zayn, but it's not going to be, everyone's going to be like, Oh my God, I just want him to go out there and work, 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 work. Yes. But it's going to be a little, it's going to be in a little bit of a different format, but um, prediction wise, I, I, uh, I'll go Brian just to say something different. <laughs> okay. Tanner. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go, um, I think I'm going to go Sami Zayn as well. Um, simply because I think that you could do a lot more. I think that this story is just as much about Drew Gulak perhaps as it is about Daniel Bryan. Uh, maybe Drew Gulak would be uh, the one to be the next uh, intercontinental champion. Um I, I could I could maybe see that happening, um, but but I do think that Sami Zayn gets a lot more out of beating Daniel Bryan here uh, than vice versa. Um, as, as far as letting them go, uh, I really do hope so because it comes across to me as Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan um, are these kinds of guys that um, that you really need for a show like this because if you are doing things like the Boneyard match, anywhere match, and the the uh, um, uh, like the the match that uh, Bray Wyatt is going to have with John Cena, uh, you know the, these maybe off-site, more gimmicky kind of matches. Uh, this is this is a um, one for the pure fans, uh, and these guys can actually work no matter what the crowd size is. They don't need a crowd necessarily to do a great job in the ring. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I do have very high expectations. I hope they, they let them go like they would in NXT or, uh, you know, what other, whatever other company that you want to throw out there. But, um, I, I do, like I said, have high expectations and my prediction would also be Sammy. JPQ. So like, I like to like do this big grandiose soapbox type of thing with why Sami Zayn should go over, right? And all the reasons why, and, and a lot of them laid out um, by everybody here on the, the dais before me. Uh, it, and 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 I enjoy doing it, right? Talking about Sami Zayn and this is finally his time. And yeah, he's been injury prone in the past. However, you know, he's worked past that and he's been in this manager role and you're wanting him back to the NXT side to put a perfect position against Daniel Bryan, who's going out on leave, you know, for a couple months and we should be able to see an opportunity for him to take that next step into, you know, taking this intercontinental championship back to the level that we know it is. And Daniel Bryan's the one that's going to put him there because Daniel Bryan puts over people. And that's kind of been his MO since he came back, blah, blah. I can play this whole game out. Right. Um, but that's not what happens, right? There's a reason that I go one and seven on all my predictions in WWE. And it's because there's a conventional type of booking that happens. And here's what's going to happen. They're going to have an excellent match. It may be match of the night uh, for night one. Um, it will be one that we probably remember as much as you can remember an Intercontinental Championship match at WrestleMania that didn't involve Hart and Michaels and a ladder, right? Um, but it's also, wait, no. Anyway, my point is is that uh, we sit there and, and, and you think about the booking that is Vince McMahon, and it's Daniel Bryan's going to win. Daniel Bryan is then going to take the Intercontinental Championship, which has not been used on television to the level that we hope a secondary championship will be used on television, and he's going to go away for a while, and he's going to take that title with him, and that's just going to be the game that they could play because Cesaro doesn't get over 
right? Shinsuke can't get over and Sami Zayn can't get over with the mainstream casual WWE audience that watches television, right? Daniel Bryan earned that position. So he's going to win the title. He's going to run again, but you're not going to see a lot out of it uh, until it's time for him to come back and, and work a full-time schedule again. And unfortunately, I've been trying to play benefit of the doubt for WWE. I think in this instance, this is the one time they get it wrong and they put the title on Daniel Bryan, who's then going to go away for a little while. And I think that's a shame. I think that's a misstep. I'm I'm going with Daniel Bryan as well in this one. I think though that the possibilities are endless. Rob, uh, I see you in the chat as well. Uh, he brought up Sheamus possibly going after the title too with going after Daniel Bryan, which is always a good match. And it seems right. that, like you said, Vince is obsessed with that match. Uh, it's a good match, though. I've always enjoyed them. I know WrestleMania 28 made a lot of people mad, but I think you can have fun with that one. Uh, I even like the dynamics of Nakamura versus Daniel Bryan. To me, that's a dream match if they let these guys go in there and do their work. I'm not going to make the mistake like I did when it was AJ versus Nakamura. I think we're getting Wrestle Kingdom all over again. Um, that broke my heart, so I won't do that again. But you got Cesaro in there. You, you've got options is what I'm saying with all these people involved. Gulak, you could switch up the title. You could put them on. you got great people who are workhorses. Uh, I forgot who said. I think it was JPQ, who are workhorses that these this title belongs on them, and they can do some great things with this. But I'm going to go with Daniel Bryan wins it as well uh, just to change things up. Let's get to the Raw women's title here. We've got Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler. Um, I guess we'll go around and let's just talk about Becky's year long reign real quick. Uh, did it work to you or was it a, a failure? Um, and I, and I guess failure is a hard way to put it. Did it keep you interested? Maybe is the better question. Uh, let's start with queen on this one. Short answer is no. The man thing got lost in translation for a couple months. There were some moments where it kind of got back to its pre Becky two belts, hype uh and even a little bit post becky two belts hype and, and i feel like it's gotten muddled and crazy and she hasn't had some of the best matches particularly with like lacy not a good scene um and, and it didn't really work for me um i guess i can be fickle like daniel bryan used to say uh, i liked the chase more than i like the ring and I'm not taking anything away from her. I'm very happy that we've had a dominant female champion. I'm very happy that they headlined WrestleMania last year. I think it's great. I just don't see any really forward movement with the women's division, I guess. Just a lot of the same repeat stuff this past year, 2019 into 2020. So I don't know. I, I was hoping to see some new people get built. I was hoping to see different matches. But I feel like we got a lot of the same thing. And now here we are with this match, which... I should be excited for, but I'm I'm feeling a little lackluster about it. Uh, they've done some weird things with Shayna. I, I I don't know really what's going on with that, but I think I'm more concerned with what they were teasing in last night's promo from Becky Lynch more so than anything else. Well, let me ask you this: Do you feel like the women's division is stuck in like a mode right now that it can't get out of? They could certainly get out of it. They just have to choose to get out of it. Uh, they rely very heavily on the four horsewomen. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. They're very, very talented. They're some of the top there. But, you know, WWE as a whole, if you include, of course, NXT, which you should, and uh, NXT UK has some of the best women wrestlers in the world. They just don't utilize them. And I would like them to change that. They can, they can get out of it completely. They just have to work themselves into uh, better creative. 
respect that, Queen. I respect that opinion on that. Josh, uh, what do you think of the Raw Women's title? Um, did, did this keep your interest over the year? I know you were excited about this one last year when we were talking about it. Um, it's. I guess the word is consistent. Has it been consistent? Has Becky has Becky's position been consistent? And I guess I'm not going to defend it and say yes. We got because it hasn't. It's been like this. It's been like peaks and valleys, and it's been ups and downs. I'm person. You know, Queen to Queen's point. Yeah, we have seen a lot of you know the same matches that we always have been with Becky and Sasha, Charlotte. And, you know, we threw in Lacey there for a little while, but then it's just been kind of, you know, we got Oscar again and, you know, just, and they've always kind of lent on that thing with Becky of Charlotte. They've always, and that's not a disrespectful thing to say to Charlotte and Becky, cause they're both great, but they always kind of, if they have nothing else, it's like, let's just put Becky with Charlotte, put Becky against Charlotte. And it's just, that can go for a little while. Cause they always do deliver great matches, but the year itself, I, I'm more interested in the last, say, three months. The stuff with Oscar I thought was really cool, and it and it was a little bit different because Becky was kind of collecting that debt. And then going into Shayna, I've personally been a fan of the way Shayna's come in. I know some people have been a little bit iffy on the way Shayna's been utilized. Um, but I, I've been interested in it. But the problem for me is that this Becky's run, this championship has to end at WrestleMania or I'm going to be completely just, there's nothing else for Becky to do and it's just going to run completely flat. So um, I think now's the time. Ask me again in a month's time what I think about the Raw Women's Championship <laughs> picture. And I, it depending on who wins, I think I'll probably give a very different answer. Uh, Queen is co-signing that for you. Let her, let her jump in here for a second. <laughs> uh, so she respects that. Um, so Tanner, what, what, what do you think of this entire title reign? And I mean, Josh says he likes Shayna Baszler's debut. What, what do you think of it? Um, well, I, uh, I can't say that I'm like overwhelmed by how awesome Becky Lynch's run has been all year. I will say it is very impressive, uh, what she's been able to accomplish. And she has become more of a mainstream kind of star, uh, outside of the wrestling world. Um, but at the same time, I mean, it's, um, I, I feel like a year long run is more than enough of, of what we needed from Becky Lynch. I think that, um, to, to, to do a callback to my co-host, Steven, um, I think she is better in the chase perhaps than she is in the catch uh, of being the champion. Um, and I, I just think it's time, um, she could do a really big favor to Shayna by using this year-long run to then drop the title to her and make it mean more uh, for, for Shayna for beating Becky Lynch, who's had this year-long very dominant run. Um, so I, I do look forward to seeing Shayna win here. If Becky, uh, if Becky wins, nothing against Becky. I actually really like her. Um, a big fan of, of, of what she's been able to accomplish. Uh, but if, if Becky wins here, then it invalidates everything that Shano did at Elimination Chamber. And just for logic's sake, I, 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 can't, I can't be okay with that. JPQ, I'm going to switch it up on you. What did, Could this match be a main event of one of the nights? Does it deserve it? No. No, it does not deserve it. Um, no. No, 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 you got, I mean, 
besides just, you know, having uh, the two world championships uh, on the line, you also have Edge versus Randy, which really should. Um, that should main event one night, in my opinion. But mm -hmm. again, biased, this guy, uh, with regards to that. I'll tell you this about Becky. Becky is, uh, she's the longest reigning women's champion in a very long time. You know, Nikki Bella with the Divas Championship didn't make it 300 days, let alone 360, right? Which is where Becky's at right now, today. She's at 360 day reign. Um, if she wins on Saturday, she will have uh, effectively held the title for a year. Won it on a Sunday a year ago and defended it uh, for the 365th day uh, on Saturday. Meaning that on Monday, you can take the title off of her and she can have the year-long run. Um, I would be hard-pressed to believe that they don't give her the year, which really kind of throws this wrinkle into the whole Shayna thing, doesn't it? Like, if mm -hmm. if Shayna Becky was happening on Sunday, I'd feel a little bit more confident in Shayna. But it's not, apparently. It's happening on Saturday. And if that's the case, and that holds true, well, now she's going to fall one day short of a year-long reign. You're going to let her get that far before you, before you take it off of her? Yeah. I don't know. I feel some type of way about that. I will tell you this. It's not easy to hold a championship for an extended period of time. Uh, Okada in New Japan Pro Wrestling is one of the best wrestlers in the world and has been for a very long time. And when he was the Rainmaker prior to him losing to Jay White and the whole chase with Kenny Omega prior to that, prior to the Kenny Omega uh, winning the title at Dominion, people were tired of Okada's 15-month reign or whatever it was, right? Becky Lynch has been able to hold on to a WWE championship for almost a year, and you don't completely hate her. Yet you may not like, to Josh's point, peaks and valleys, right? There's there's really good moments and there's not so great moments. But overall, over the 12 months, she's kept just somewhat invested because nobody really can compete with the man right now. Yeah, she's not what she was, but that's WWE's fault. That's not Becky's fault. They're, Becky was our champion at SummerSlam two years ago. Right? She's the one that we wanted to beat Charlotte because she kept getting screwed over. They gave us what we wanted. And now they're giving us a year-long reign. And now we're going to turn our back on her after she main events WrestleMania last year? That's a tough one for me. You know? Like, just breaking it down that way, that's a tough one for me. Um, I think she figures out a way to get it done. I don't know if Ronda's going to be there or not. They like to tease this stuff. They did it at Rumble. They're teasing it again at WrestleMania. But I could see a path in which Ronda gets involved and then on Monday, Ronda loses it, or, uh, or Becky loses the title to Ronda because the man is back, right? And then that type of hubris gets in her way, and she loses the title to Ronda on Ronda's first night back, and we start that whole train wreck again. Yeah, I could see something like that happening. So, you know, um, my hats are off to Becky. You know, Becky, it's not easy to hold a title for 12 months, and it's not easy to do it in the on the flagship show in the uh you know in the wwe in the number one wrestling promotion in the world and she's accomplished it more times than not over the last 12 months so i give her a lot of credit for what she's been able to do yeah it is tough to be a, a cm punk samoa joe and ring of honor to hold those titles okada like you mentioned in new japan hold on to those titles for so long and keep interest mm -hmm. uh, I, I would like to think that those three did it and i think becky can be put in there as well as she did keep interest because we're still sitting here we're still talking about her it's just we're like ah, has it died down a little bit from where it was a year ago um you you have other options too though jpq brought up maybe ronda rousey comes back i could also see anaya Jax coming back 
what, Nia was the person who punched her out and she could just come back and do the same thing again and just take the belt and be like, I'm Nia Jax and this is why I'm here, bitch. You know what I mean? That simple, that easy. Um, you have options for this. Who who takes this one home, everybody? Who do you got? Queen? Tough for me. Very tough. Uh, I feel like the title is going to change hands, but I don't know if it's changing hands at Romania or if it's changing hands on Monday Night Raw. I don't know. I honestly don't know. This is really, really hard. Um, ultimately, I think I'm going to go with Becky retaining. Though. Okay. Uh, Josh? Uh, I'm just going to go with my gut because it is really hard. So my gut says Shayna. So I'll just trust trust my gut and say Shayna. I'm going to piggyback off of Josh and say I'm picking Shayna as well, just off the gut. Same reason. I'm just like, that's what I thought from the beginning. And we don't know if this is on night one. This is just what someone else from Bleacher Report picked out is how they would do it. So we don't know where this winds up. Uh, Tanner, who do you got? Man, I was coming into this whole show trying to play heel and be super negative and play devil's advocate. JPQ completely uh, made me flip my position here. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go with Becky Lynch, actually, even though I provided such an argument for Shayna. I, I feel like I have to side with JPQ on this one. He now listen. He does that to you, but he said he's one in seven in his predictions too. True. <laughs> I'm not. I don't. I don't get WWE right a lot. I really don't. Um, JPQ, who you got in this one? You're still sticking with Becky. Becky, if it's on Saturday night, if it ends up being on night two, I think Shayna gets it. I think they give her the year. All right. Respect. I see some people in the chat talking about Ronda Rousey got screwed. And to me, that's Becky's last like big matchup that we can do with her, even as a baby face. And then maybe you got to start thinking of how can we switch this up? So I hear you guys on Ronda Rousey in there. Um, people are talking about Nia Jax being on TikTok in the chat. Keep it PG, boys. Um Let's get to the Universal Championship match. This is one that has had a lot of controversy around it, and now there's even more controversy within, and I can't wait to hear Queen talk about this. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. So the Universal title match, Bill Goldberg, our – yeah, that's right. It's 2020. Bill Goldberg, our Universal Champion. Uh, he was supposed to face Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is concerned about his body. If you are one of those people who are like, oh – Roman Reigns is this, that. I'm not even going to say some of the stuff I've read on Twitter. You're disgusting. It's this man's immune system. He friggin' has problems, all right? Like, show some compassion for once in your lives, people. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say. Don't be disgusting, all right? But rumor has it it's Braun Strowman. I don't know if anyone else has heard anything different. We can go around and go through this. Um what do you guys think on if Braun is the replacement and how do you feel about them still advertising Roman Reigns? I feel WWE is good for the bait and switch. I don't like those business practices. Like I was talking about missing how new Japan's card is structured. Like we go in and we know like this is starting it. This is where we end. And this is what we get on night one, night two, however you want to do it. And WWE's kind of playing this Roman Reigns. I saw it yesterday. I was like, really dude, we all we've read this most of us like come on man just announce what you're doing queen we're kicking it to you first first things first i think if anybody is on twitter talking about roman reigns you should zip your mouth period full stop as someone who has someone in their family with this type of leukemia don't talk about it because you don't know so period let the man do what he's going to do the end Moving on to Bill Goldberg. Why is he my universal champion? Why do I care? I would like this belt to go away. 
I don't need this belt. This belt does nothing for me. I don't give a flying F about this belt and this title ring. Gotta go. They've screwed up this entire thing since Finn Balor won that championship. And freaking Seth Rollins, who I cannot stand, hurt the man and he had to leave it. Boom. It's been a disaster ever since. You hurt the Finn. You hurt the demon. Gotta go. Bye-bye. Retire. Bring back something more beautiful like the gold belt. I'm fine with that. Anyway, moving on. We're in the situation that we're in. The fact that WWE does not find it prudent to, I don't know, change their pre-recorded BS is beyond. They change everything. They want to like delete people from their lives. They take them right out of the pre, uh, the, the role at the beginning of Raw. They don't have Jericho in there anymore. So you're telling me that you can't go in there and fix it? It's already been an end. He went on uh, Instagram and said, I'm not doing it. So why can't we just address these problems? Do what you got to do. Handle your business. If you're going to pick Braun Strowman, pick Braun Strowman. This is my problem with WWE lately. And they've been doing this with a lot of the pay-per-views. We've been getting to the pay-per-view and finding out day of what the matches are. That is not a WrestleMania thing. I'm all cool with surprises. I'm all cool with things, you know, changing up. And you have to do what you got to do. I, too, like the structure of Wrestle Kingdom. I know exactly what I'm getting. I don't mind that so much, but I do mind when things are changed like this and it's such a definitive, drastic thing that you need to come out and not do it days before. It's WrestleMania. Do it a hell in a cell, do it a hell in a cell, whatever. We found out like seven matches like five hours before. Not WrestleMania. Sorry. If it's Braun Strowman, you're even more garbage because that guy, nasty things from him too on Twitter. So he's got to go in my opinion as well. If it were me and I was booking it, I put Triple H in it. Boom, Goldberg, take the belt and he can go fight Roman Reigns when Roman Reigns feels better. The end. Josh, do you have anything you want to add to that? <laughs> That's like following like this big match <laughs> and then I'm just here and it's like, piss break like that's what it <laughs> queen can be no. a bad and i mean that in the best way possible josh palate cleanser robinson <laughs> i am just i am just the bathroom break go get your popcorn everybody i'm following this big match cheers queen Sorry, she's like she's up. like middle finger up follow that hey um <laughs> um first and foremost if you are on twitter talking about roman or any of the other people that are supposedly not at WrestleMania or whatever. For one, we're in a very weird time. Nobody really is, is, there's no formula on how to react to this kind of stuff. So if they don't feel comfortable in that situation, that is their prerogative. So if you're talking about that, I don't really say this very often because I'm pretty nice, but you're pretty trashy. So zip your mouths on that one. Um, in regards to the match, I wish we could kind of zip it on this because I'm sick of that whole situation. Everyone knows my opinion on that. I think that was the kind of universe, universal <laughs> opinion on all of that. If it is Braun that is replacing that, I agree with Queen. He can also go away as well. I don't have any interest in this match. This is literally going to be my match that I just... It's that match to me. There's always that match at WrestleMania that you're just kind of like, I don't really give two craps about. I don't really care about this. It's made me not care about that championship because it is the, it's the, uh, I don't know. There's no other way to put it. It's just, it's just shit. This whole thing is just shit. And I just don't care. And that's coming from me. Who's probably one of the like most loyal WWE fans in this kind of podcasting community is just like, I'm very much like WWE this. I give them always all my love. 
I'm not defending this one. This one's just a load of BS. Mm. Let's. Uh... Oh, somebody got some jumble audio. Let me let me switch it up for uh, Tanner and JPQ. Is is the Universal Title cursed? Like a lot of people have been saying that since it started. Man, it started with Finn, and it's just been kind of like just downhill ever since. Anybody who touches it, nothing good has come from it. Is it time to maybe uh, switch it out maybe with the big gold belt? I don't know. What do you guys think of that? I'm going to I'm gonna jump in here because I think Tanner's frozen. Um, yeah. Switch it up. Get get rid of it. Um, I don't think it's cursed. I think I think things happen. Uh, I, I think to, to Queen's point before um, that WWE doesn't plan far enough ahead anymore uh, because they have too many titles. And they're trying to tell too many stories, and they're too many different brands, and all these. Like, if you kept all the Raw writers writing for Raw, and all the SmackDown writers writing for SmackDown, and all the NXT people writing for NXT, okay, maybe then things would begin to make sense. But you don't. You have one set of writers for two different brands, and then you have NXT kind of doing their own thing on a workshop level, uh, uh, you know, in, in a sense below, right? I know people don't like that, but it's true, right? It's a little below the other two. Um, because of that, you know, you get this lack of continuity you get this lack of uh you know investment from the fans on what's going on and you find these slapstick championship matches put together um that don't mean anything uh which is why you rely on the on the on the part-time players to come in and win the titles because at the very least it's name value right and that's what goldberg is and goldberg and roman reigns would have been something where again didn't like the way he got the championship however he had the championship so okay let's ride this baby out and see what roman and and goldberg is roman did the right thing roman took himself out everybody knows anybody who's criticizing roman's decision fuck off right but at the same time it is one of those things it's wrestling guys it's wrestling it's all it is right yes it's wrestlemania but i don't we're talking about somebody's life here you know what i mean And we're talking about so with that smarten up right and I'll tell you overall, what I've seen has been very positive with regards to him leaving. So we're talking about the very, very small minority of people here um, because it's wrestling at the end of the day. And I think most people realize that. Uh, with that said, this is the grandest stage of them all. It is, you know, the flagship championship and it is Bill Goldberg, right? And where I don't like the fact that Bill Goldberg has this championship at the end of the day, it is a megastar with your flagship championship that should main event the night. And you gave it to Braun Strowman. Of all the people you could have possibly given it to, you gave it to the one guy who does not show up in big matches. And he doesn't show up in big matches because you can't wrestle a giant, right? You don't treat him as a giant, number one, right? He's not somebody that goes out there the way Andre did or the way Big Show did, right? And he certainly doesn't have the comedic chops of a Big Show, right? And all the five tools that that guy has. But they could have presented him in such a way that he was unstoppable. They didn't do that, and they haven't been able to stay consistent with that story as an entire tenure here at uh, uh, or at his entire tenure within his career. Because of that, there is no sense of disbelief that 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 uh, that that um, Goldberg can go in here and not be Bill Goldberg, right? The only thing is the optics. Big guy, Bill Goldberg, right? And uh, how's that going to match up? And that's about as much of a story as you can build given the pivot, right? But you could have put other people in there and made this thing more interesting, right? You could have pulled uh, a Seth Rollins out and made it a triple threat with Kevin Owens, right? There's a story to be told there. You could have put 
You could have taken Dolph Ziggler out of the Otis match and done the same squash stuff that you did at SummerSlam just to get by. You know what I mean? Like there, there's different pathways you could have went. You could have put Baron Corbin in there. Why not? Right? I mean, he is your best heel. Why not throw him in there as just kind of like a a lottery pick? You know, and yeah, he's on a different brand, but who cares? I mean, really, at the end of the day, does it really matter? Right? It's a pivot, right? We know this. And there's uh, there's all these things that you could have done. You didn't. You went with what optically looks the best, which is Big Giant versus Bill Goldberg. There's no way Bill Goldberg is going to be able to get through the Giant, except 45 seconds into this match, it's going to be over. Which means, put it at the beginning of the card, make us forget about it. Force me to forget about this match three hours later, and you've done your jobs, right? And if you if that's the goal, so be it. That I'm that I'm a happy camper. But if you put the, if you drag this out to be a five minute match that puts Braun Strowman over and this makes this is his first championship, crazy, right? And if you have Bill Goldberg sitting there at the end of the night holding the title high at the end of night one, also crazy, right? Make me forget about this match. Make me forget that it happened. Then you did your jobs. Tanner, you got anything you want to add to that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And first, I just want to apologize. I'm, I'm, I'm actually doing this from my car, and I don't know if my connection's as good as it should be, so I apologize for that. Um, I, I guess I find this whole calamity to be just... I, I, I've, I, I could have never seen this happening ever. And, and what's strange is, I, I believe it was, uh, who was it, Ryan Satin, who reported this story initially? Uh, that's, that's WWE's inside guy. Like, I, I, I don't know, <laughs> like, who gave him the green light to be like, hey, guess what? Roman Reigns, he's, he's the one that's backing out. And obviously, this is for, for a very good reason. Um, I mean, if I was in his position, I would I would certainly do the same uh, for, for my own health and safety. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've got a, a family member as well who's recently had a, a medical procedure, which would put them more susceptible to something like this. I, I, I would not want, you know, uh, I, I have and visited my folks, uh, you know, to, to see how they're doing with all this. Cause I, I mean, I'm, I'm coming into work every day. So it's, it's, um, it, it, it's, it must be a very, very for Roman particularly. And, and I don't blame him in the slightest for, for him, uh, not wanting to do the match, not wanting to do WrestleMania, um, I agree wholeheartedly that any kind of bad mouthing about Roman needs to needs to stop, full stop. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, Braun versus Goldberg is very, very intriguing. Uh, <laughs> it's um, like JPQ said, you're really damned if you do and damned if you don't. So I really, they really cover things than just throw Braun Strowman in there. Um, the fact that they keep advertising it is uh, as Roman versus Goldberg is very odd because we all know at this point they're going to hack down to bring Braun Strowman into uh, the match. Um, so, I mean, it's the whole thing is very, very strange. Um, yeah, I mean, what else? What else can you say? Um, I, I hope that this is much, much better. Than, than I think it's going to be, but I, I don't have very high hopes. Respect. Uh, let's just go around real quick. Who is your prediction to win, Queen? I think Goldberg's retaining. Josh? Um, 
Uh, man, Braun. Okay. Uh, Tanner? Uh, I'm also Goldberg uh, to retain. JPQ? I'm going to say Bray Wyatt comes out, wins the title, and then him and John Cena on night two for that championship. How about that? Double right. book. Let's go. Uh, I'm, I'm taking Goldberg as well. And I feel like every time they take the belt off of Bray, we do ask that question, like, why the hell did you do this? Because now you've screwed yourself in this situation. Um, but we're at the main event. And I switched this match to being the main event because someone said it perfectly before. And this is why you guys are all on here. I think this should main event one of the nights. Uh, the last man standing match. We have Edge versus Randy Orton. And I've got nothing to say. I will let you guys go around. You could talk about your love for Randy Orton and his heel work, or you could talk about the return of Edge and what he means to you. Have have fun with it, guys. Uh, Queen, start with you. Okay, totally different tone here. I'm so excited. <laughs> so um, I love Edge. Edge for me was a wrestler at a time when WWE was in a, a very awkward phase uh, of a lot of change and a lot of main people leaving and a lot of transition and a lot of craziness and you know his singles run is and mic workability and the ultimate opportunist persona that he really lived in full 125 percent of the time that he was on television um, was one of the best things about wwe during the time that he was there and his retirement was so sad because it was injury based and it was injury at that time that you couldn't come back from, right? It was something that this was it career end. He came on that night and I was sobbing that he was gone. Like I love edge. And when he came back, that pop at the Royal rumble for me was the absolute best thing uh, in recent memory from WWE. So that being said, the foil of Randy Orton to this returning edge, seeing how crazy edge can get the, the just the, I can close my eyes right now and see his eyes bulging and like the way he looks at Randy and, and the work that Randy has put in, you know, we, there's a lot of things you could say about Randy Orton, but man, when he buys into some, is it good? A lot of the times during the year, we say, oh, Randy Orton's checking out. It's time for Randy Orton. <laughs> you know, he's going to check out now. We'll see him closer to Mania, right? But the work that he's put in from Royal Rumble in January until right now has been probably some of the best in his whole career. It's wild how good that he is. The small things that he's been able to put out, just the, the way that he articulates the story, the way he sells the story uh, of this whatever's going on in his mind, right? It, it's it's the best thing that WWE has going right now, and it's the match I'm most excited for at Mania. So mm. there you go. Hmm. Edge and Randy. It's, uh, it's weird to say even six months ago, we wouldn't be saying Edge is going to be wrestling at all in, in a ring ever again. So it's just like, this to me is like bonus stuff. It's like, I'm happy with whatever Edge does, no matter how the match is going to be very physical and stuff like that. But Edge's return is one thing. And it's like, oh my God, just the, just the, that in this is just enough to keep you in. But I've always said that when Randy Orton's invested and he can sink his teeth into something, I don't think there's too many people better than Randy Orton um, at telling a story. And everyone knows how I am. I love story more than anything in wrestling. That's just how I am. 
Um, and I just think Randy, when he has something that he actually wants to do, he's one of the best. And just this, this stuff that anything that Edge and Randy have been doing has just been like my eyes have just been like, I'm not on my phone. I'm not talking to other people. I'm just watching. And that's, that's a testament to any television show. If you can kind of captivate your attention that way in this day and age, when we live in our phones and, and talking to other people and just having stuff with a background noise, basically, that's just make it's captivating me. Their promos have been even before all this stuff with the PC, um, even this lead up since the night after the Royal Rumble, the stuff with Beth that Randy's done and just everything. Like, when has Beth Phoenix ever been in a segment where she was just she was great? Everyone that's been involved in this has just been really good. Matt Hardy, when he was in, you know, his last stuff with WWE, that was great. Everything that has been attached to this story has just one thousand percent knocked it out of the park. And I just think this match is just gonna be this is going to utilize this no crowd stuff the best. I think within the PC, I think we're going to get that. They're going to fight anywhere and everywhere. And it's just, I'm just so excited for it. It's, it's the complete 180 of, of the uh, universal championship stuff. It's, it's just, I'm just happy. Good point. Uh, Tanner, I have a special request. Can you do Edge's theme like you guys did on your podcast for Headlock Talk? One of my favorite moments <laughs> of all time. I was laughing so hard at work when I heard that. <laughs> no. Uh, what, yeah, are sure, uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts on this? What are your thoughts on this? Well, uh, yeah, man. Uh, it's um, like Josh and Queen said, a complete 180 from the Universal title situation, obviously. Uh, this is um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that not only is this the best built match for WrestleMania so far, uh, it, it's also perhaps the best built WWE match that they've put together in maybe in a year, maybe 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 over a year. Um, it, it's got the passion. It's got the comeback story. It, it, it's got the fans wanting to see what's going to happen next. And um, I, I really think that that's what's helped, I guess, Raw maintain some viewers each and every week is, hey, what, what's going to happen with Randy and Edge? What's gonna, you know, what, what are we going to see at WrestleMania? Um, I, I like the added effect that this is a Falls Count Anywhere match. I think that this really needed it. Um, you know, particularly because obviously with no fan interaction, that's going to hurt things a little bit. Um, but also it, it allows these guys to be as creative as they want to be. And what you really need in, in a, um, in this kind of scenario, uh, not only is, is edge coming back, but you, you've got somebody who Randy Orton can be motivated against. And I think that's one criticism that he's always had is can Randy be motivated for a matchup? This is going to cover all the bases. It's going to be a very, very good match. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, uh, I think it's going to be um, easily the best match, I think, in uh, through both nights of WrestleMania this year. APQ. I mean, this is why we watch WrestleMania, right? I mean, this is what Goldberg Roman should have been um, on some level. This is, you know, legend versus legend, former tag team champ versus former tag team champ. This is, uh, I mean, this is rated R KO at its best, right? These two have a history. These two are both legends in their own rights. These two um, both are, you know, at the top of the game when it comes to career accolades uh, in the world of professional wrestling. So across the board, 
you know, this is the type of matchup that you want to see at WrestleMania, knowing that it's a one-off in a sense, right? And so because of that, um, it it drives me crazy. Um, it I, I see fire and I see... Uh, and I see red when I see how well you can build something like Edge versus Randy and throw a stipulation on the match at WrestleMania. And I'm not a huge stipulation guy, let alone at the grandest stage of them all. And you can succeed. And WWE has proven that through a slow burn and adding in Beth uh, as a wrinkle to, to get heat and to um uh, get interest and investment from the fans that they can succeed at professional storytelling and that's at the end of the day what this is it's a soap opera um and they are very good at it when they try there's 15 other builds on these two nights that i can't say that i'm as excited about um or weren't built as well as Randy versus Edge. And that's what drives me crazy about WWE. You see the consistency between how these two wrestlers specifically interact with one another to tell a complete story start to finish from the time Randy or uh, uh, Edge gets into the Royal Rumble through what will the payoff be uh, at WrestleMania. You have 15 other stories that are incomplete, in my opinion. Um, that that don't do the same and because of that uh i sit here and i say that it's it's the influence and the the internal politics of wwe which ultimately dictate what the fans get right and it's the trust from vince mcmahon specifically that's going to allow a, a wrestler to do more to get himself over or to do less right there's a glass ceiling on these wrestlers these two have broke through it years ago and and we're starting to see that payoff um, through the course of this story being told, and it will culminate in one of the best WrestleMania moments, WrestleMania memories. Um, WrestleMania 36 will be will go down as being a a Randy Orton versus Edge memory, not anything else on the men's side. I reserve my right to change my the women's side based off of a couple other matches that we don't have the luxury of talking about, but uh, on the men's side nobody's going to come no one's going to come close to the impact of this match and the reason is is because they've told a complete story start to finish um and we know they can back it up in the ring so got it i want everyone to go around give their predictions and say what match you are most looking forward to it doesn't have to be on this card but what match has you hyped for wrestlemania uh we will start with queen this match has me most excited and I really hope Edge goes over. Okay. Josh. Uh, yeah, out of this night one bunch, Edge and Randy has definitely got my excitement. And I think Edge will win as well. Okay. Tanner? Uh, definitely still going with Edge. Uh, and uh, yes, this is the match I'm looking most forward to. JPQ? I'm going to go with Randy um in this match i just don't know why i just randy always gets the win in these types of matches um that's number one most important match or not most important one i'm looking most forward to um is probably charlotte versus Rhea. um i think those two have an opportunity here i think the the new streak is started with charlotte and uh, i'm excited to see where that goes um for me i'm gonna yeah, add Josh, a really excited there 
Oh, I just want to, <laughs> I have a rear everything. So <laughs> there you go. I want to add something to what JPQ said before. I respect his uh, ideas on Edge and Orton kind of having that same career trajectory, excuse me, if I could say the word properly. Um, <laughs> 04, we saw Orton kind of start to ascend a little bit. We saw the same thing with Edge in 05 with the Money in the Bank briefcase. They kind of get halted. They meet together as rated RKO. And then 07, 08 time period, they both kind of get launched. And then you look at WrestleMania 24, boom, they're both in the – the big show is the champions and they both go in. And I thought that was pretty cool to see them uh, in that light. So good point on that JPQ. Also, when it comes to this last man standing, I think you could tell a hell of a story with edge in this, uh, him getting the beat down. Like maybe he shouldn't have came back. Maybe this isn't for him, but I think edge in the end is going to pick up the victory. And I'm going to say that my most excited match it's between this one and drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar. I think, think that has a great story behind it, especially for Drew. Um, I wish that it could be seen in front of more people, but unfortunately we don't have that luxury at this moment. But um, I'm going to stick with Edge on this one. And I want to thank you guys for coming on to the show. This really, I'm not even plugging any of my stuff. This is about you guys for this. Uh, I have everything for all of these folks down in the description below. I think everybody here has a link tree. So I put their stuff for the link tree. You guys need to follow all of them. Uh, they are great. And the reason I did this was because a year ago, uh, Brain Buster Radio started and it didn't end so well. And I kind of wanted to bring everyone back together because this is a great group of friends that I've made. Uh, we talk stuff other than pro wrestling. I've been on I think everybody's show here, except for Headlock Talk, that's still on my bucket list to uh, check off. But I'm gonna come on, gonna come on the show, man. That's what I like to hear. I, I did this just so I can get the invite. This is what this whole <laughs> setup was. But uh, the, the, you guys do great stuff. Josh produces great YouTube content. If you guys like wrestling video games, if you like video games, period, check out his network. He is great. Queen and JPQ every Wednesday come out with fire. Uh, they they just the Queen of Pub connection. You can see it uh, in Queen's thumbnail there. It's it's amazing what these two do every single Wednesday. And I respect everything that you guys do. And I'm glad that you guys came on. Plug your stuff away, though. I can't do it as much justice as you guys can. We'll start with Queen like we've been the whole night and just go all the way around. Well, you already know the story with everything pro wrestling, honeys that are listening. So if you're not following, you know what to do because Conrad has one of the best minds in the biz. So I'm putting you over, Conrad. Uh, as far as me, you can find me on Twitter at the Queen of Any. Tomorrow, my podcast turns one years old. So I'm having a very special episode drop tomorrow. And it also uh, will be my first time, along with Mr. JPQ, on uh, Smart to Death Radio. So very exciting things uh, coming up. I cannot that that actually looks like a stellar lineup of people that uh Anthony from Smart to Death has put together. I cannot wait. Shout out to Mr. Warren Hayes. I see you. Um Josh. Uh yeah, you can find me and my 14,000 podcasts that I do at this point um on <laughs> the Josh Robinson Double Zero network. I do all different kinds of stuff. If you don't really necessarily love listening to people talk about wrestling all the time, I talk about other stuff and I'll talk about really whatever because I kind of talk out of my ass at this point anyway so why not make some podcasts out of it and then of course you can catch like Conrad said all the stuff over on my YouTube you can find it all at my link tree and and I do all different kinds of video game stuff if you're into that and yeah that's pretty much it follow me on Twitter I post a lot of pictures of my cat <laughs> nice <laughs> nice 
Lo- love the uh, last one with the trick, like off the wall. That was great. I watched it like sixteen times, and I'm like, wait, how she's good. She's a she's a little bitch, but I love it a bit. <laughs> <laughs> if you take any quote from this podcast, it's that right there, um, Tanner. Uh, yeah, I mean, first off, thank you so much for having me on the show. I've been wanting to come on everything pro wrestling for a long time now. Um, as you said, Conrad, I mean. Um, we were all part of uh, Brain Buster Radio, and I was kind of me and my my, my co Steven, we were the last ones to uh, come into Brain Buster Radio, so we had the chance to really become fans of all of you guys uh, first, and and um, and then to to be involved in this group has just been such a blessing. Um, for Headlock Talk, I mean, we we talk all sorts of things pro wrestling uh we we, we we've been getting your hot takes your you know most unpopular opinions and your most burning questions every week we answer them we dissect them we have a lot of fun uh we uh, we play if wishes were fishes um you know so definitely check that out um obviously we've got the link tree in the, in the description here um uh, but yeah check us out at headlock talk on twitter uh follow us um you know and uh give us feedback we want to know you know uh how you guys feel about the show and you know what you want to hear mr jpq the floor is yours i mean first and foremost uh conrad thank you for bringing me on uh bringing all of us on um you know, long time for me. I mean, this has been a bucket list of mine for a little while. Um, so, so the fact that you invited me on, great. Thank you. I've uh, been watching this for a long time. Um, as for me, Brain Buster, right? Started a year ago, and now we're venturing into all our different paths. You know, obviously, you're killing the live streams, Conrad. You know what you do. I don't know if there's a better review artist in the game right now than Mr. Conrad uh, Cushman himself. Uh, Tanner and everything he's doing at Headlock Talks is just incredible. It is one of the best audio-driven shows that I listen to on a day in and day out. And I know you take the time because I've tested it with you, my friend, um, to, to make sure that that sounds good. And the topics from from Brit Rest to, to Japanese to WWE and everything in between AEW there too. Uh, you know, you guys got a lock on a lot of different things. So I appreciate what you're doing there, Josh. Our, uh, you know, I mean, man, you're the dude. You're the one doing it, man. You know, you're number, number one podcast, Mr. Network uh, himself, Josh Robinson, double zero, coming out with content left and right. The most motivated, you know, kid that I've ever seen go. And you, when you hit the ground running, man, you hit it going with the green light on. And I appreciate that about you, man. I love the hustle out of you. Uh, Queen, what's there to be said? Hashtag Queen of Pup Connection. Um, been doing it for a year, taking our two respective shows on the road to a new radio station, Smart to Death Radio, starting up this week, um, just dropped yesterday with an all-star lineup with Mr. Warren Hayes, Smart to Death, obviously, with Anthony Souter. Uh, Mags is bringing two of his shows, Why We Watch and Badlands, along for the ride. And then Wednesday's hashtag Queen and Pup Connection with Queen's Court and No Particular Angle. No Particular Angle, a show where we focus our energies on stardom, hashtag watch stardom, because it is one of the best, if not the best women's promotion going in the world today with uh, a lot of traction behind it with Bushy Road signings and everything that they're doing from their their stars and all the new people that they're bringing in and and anybody and everybody that you like right now that's not the four horsewomen have made their way through stardom. So if you check out tomorrow's episode, what you will see is hashtag top guysians through the course of time within stardom, we're doing a retrospective of everybody that has worked their way through as a guest within stardom 
the Taya Volkeries of the world, the Tessa Blanchards of the world, um, you know, the alpha females of the world, right? Shayna Baszler, you know, did a, did a run there as well. There's a plethora of women that have come through there. And then those have, that's been the, the, the launching point for a lot of them. That show drops tomorrow on MPA. Uh, if you haven't yet hit the subscribe button or go over to smart death radio and hit the subscribe either way, you're going to catch that show. Oh God. What? Two hours from now. So that'll drop then. Shout out to Queen for the hashtag watch stardom in the chat. <laughs> um, I appreciate everybody, and I do mean to subscribe to all of them. I'm going to be doing so many live streams this week that I'm probably going to be a pain in everybody's buttocks. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. I will be back tomorrow. I have to keep up with the AEW Dynamite live stream, so I will be back to do that. And on Thursday at 4 p.m., so it's going to be a little earlier for other people who don't get the chance to watch live. You guys will be able to listen to me talk with Kurt, Mags, Fowl, and Kevin, also of Wrestling Reverb with Josh. And uh, Josh, that's terrible. <laughs> um, you guys will be able to check us out. We're going to give a review, uh, or excuse me, not a review, a preview of night two for WrestleMania. So you will get to hear the thoughts on the rest of the matches for that. Thank you guys so much for uh, coming on the show. We have to do this again. Um, I appreciate you guys and everyone in the live chat. Thank you for your comments. We are out. Peace.